Welcome to episode 33 of the Global Exclusive Podcast. I'm your host, Hazard. I am joined this week by Baros, Cotton, Dream, Muspel, Shadow Walker, and a special guest, Tomato. You guys know him from the post-poll depression uh, Reddit posts that he has been doing faithfully over the last couple of years. Wait, I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry. You say they've been canceled? Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay, well, never mind. Uh, ignore that. He's definitely not going to be here. All right, this week we've got... This week we've got Awakened Dragon Axtar, a NVA version of Pyroglacial Laswell, and then we've got Shinju and Pechiota, Pechiota, Peccadilly. I think it's Peccadilly. Teddy Bear? Yeah, it's Peccadilly. I'm on Pedal Bear with Cotton on this one. I did not say that, okay? What? I, you 100% said pedo bear. Okay, okay, someone back me up. She said pedo bear, right? Nope. Nope. Definitely. Just you, bears. Nope. And he hangs out with Shinju, who is a teenager. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like one Okay, I see Shinju where you're coming from, but no, no, no. Out. Then again, teenager who is very into whipping. Yeah. Oh, God. And wh- why Freaking Zoomers. It? Why is it only the girls with the whip in this game? We, we have Dark Fina. Bart. Yeah, where is Indiana Jones? Bart. Bart. Bart's no. DM is a whip. Bart's a collab character. He doesn't count. That's Zenimax. <laughs> Yego. Collab characters have rights yeah, too, Yego. you know. Yego's a she, isn't she? Yeah, exactly. Yes. That's Tomato's point, is I think oh, it's right, only women. Right. <laughs> Someone over there has a Get fit. Like a ton of all the Finas have a whip, but yeah, that thematically makes sense. Wait, then why does a blue the like blue mage Fina have a bow instead of a whip? I mean, and she still wants to be sexy. Bow's like... always been the main weapon of like light Fina. Yeah, yeah but Fina like she's the one always going around about the sexy pose and everything. Why does she have a bow, <laughs> yeah. not a whip? That, that's what she's missing. Wait, right, so, explain so, to me how is the whip connected to the sexy pose? So I, I was gone last week, but this time I'm here, so we can actually start talking about the units now. Units? No, what yeah, are fuck units? off, Muspel. <laughs> fuck off. Yes, yeah, okay. Can, can, Hazard, can you just mute Muspel so we can have this conversation? <laughs> Last week was so wonderful. We should do it again. Uh, actually, I do I do want to make sure to formally introduce Tomato. I know I mentioned it in the beginning, but just so you guys know his voice and recognize it. So, Tomato, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us today, and we're happy to have you. Thank you so much for inviting me. Uh, I assume we're all naked right now, right? Not just me? Obviously. Oh, yeah, every time. Okay. Good. You can leave it up to your imagination. Be weird otherwise. Yeah, yeah, of course. Only well, the only weird thing is if we all hadn't showered before, but that would just be messed up. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Let's not get let's not get crazy, Boris. Yeah. So, t- Tomato, I've always wondered, like, when in your life did you decide to be like a quality shit poster? When, like, what what impacted you? Oh, I come from a long line of shit posters. Uh, my dad was a shit poster, and his dad before then. We merely adopted the shitpost. He was born and molded by it. Yeah, it's almost a noble lineage. Mm, I see, I see. Your parents have to be really proud. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, all they do to show it is shitpost about it. Uh, As I never really tell. Thanksgivings have to be a blast. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're, dear. They're great. Uh, I am now old enough to be that horrible racist uncle. Oh, perfect. Uh, oh, congratulations. Yeah. So I, you know, I do my research. I make sure to, you know, bring up everything political I can when it shouldn't be. So uh, it's just kind of a new step in my life that I'm, I'm going into. It's the American tradition. Mm-hmm. So 
I, I can't. I don't know, let, uh, can't let them down. Oh, I wonder. I mean, I know Thanksgiving isn't in every country, but for those of you not in the U.S., is is the Thanksgiving racist uncle like a, a thing? Yes. That happened? Oh my goodness, yes. I I think that's a thing with like families. <laughs> to be honest, yeah. It's so just not necessarily a just thing Thanksgiving. With any older fat older family members, you know, just it's really hard. Yeah. I guess the main the main family gathering here would be like Christmas. All right. Well, yeah. much to the chagrin of everybody except Muspel, we can move on to our first unit. Muspel, take it away. Our first unit <laughs> is Awakened Dragon Axtar. Is that what they translated his name as? Yeah, yeah something like that. Yeah. So we have another chainer. Uh. He reminds me very slightly of Rain in that he has mild support for chaining partners, but it's a lot less than Rain because all Rain you say. Has... Wait, this is a spoiler, Muspel. You need to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, this is specifically not, not Rain. This is the this is the first non-Rain Axe star we've actually gotten. Yeah, I mean, is that true? Yeah, I don't know. Yes. It could yes. be double time travel. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So we know this is not Rain Axe star. Did you, yes, did you well, he does have two one. arms. Yeah, it's the, the real one. The cutscenes make <laughs> Wait, it very clear. You didn't skip the cutscenes. <laughs> it's not season three. I can watch them. Oh, They're right. also only like two minute, like a minute long. Ah, all right, all right. So this is this I, is the. I, Wait, but hold one... on. Why is this dude then doing like true mirror equity? Yeah, one thing that the cutscenes actually very clearly clarify because I've seen a lot of people wonder about like. Did Alum forget their law? It because it wasn't wasn't the real Axter that taught Laswell Mirror of Equity, but no, right. this is Laswell teaching the real Axter Mirror of Equity. Ah. And thus, it all makes sense. Yeah, I think it's, but you it's know, actually a reasonably okay story. You know what's really weird? Axtar, the the non-rain Axtar, does Mirror of Equity better than the Originator because he doesn't stack for seven fucking turns to burst at once. <laughs> Well, the originator also only had like one leg, one arm, one nut, one eye. So, mm. well, makes sense. Of the originator's Reagan, though. Yeah, the originator's Reagan, and even he he took a bit going. He didn't but, really stack up, did he? I don't remember. Uh, he didn't have it until seven star. Yeah. So True. technically, Axstar was our first his main chain. No, the a first chainer. The first AT chainer in GL was Draku Laswell. Ah, at seven star. Yeah, but I mean, it only Learned makes it sense. I mean, obviously, yeah, and obviously, Laswell has now developed the technique so much so that he doesn't have to charge up, and that's the like that's the version of the move he teaches Axtar. You know, that could actually yeah. be a reasonable yeah, that like, makes explanation. Sense. Yeah, it's I like how Rasengan got. It's like how Rasengan got better throughout the series of yeah, Naruto. Exactly, it's classic Shonen. He's like he, he has he has come to the next tier of the move. No, no more like. 15 different equities and obliterating equities that stack. Huh, I really like this, Baros. It's like Kamehameha <laughs> took like fucking three episodes in the beginning and now only takes two seconds. Yeah, it's Last just a bit... one still has the highest mod, though. So well, he is still when... the master of it, I guess. When you yeah. get really good at it, it only takes two seconds. Yeah. So, uh... the thing about Axtar <laughs> is that he's got, like, a, he has an AoE ice imbue uh, attached to one of his chaining moves, so... That's nice if you're trying to use him with a non-dupe, I guess. But aside from that, he doesn't have a whole lot going on in his kit. He's got dragon killers in his base form. He's got a passive and, and a buff. Sorry, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Must did you just say that's ice if you've got that going on? 
when you said no. the ice and beer, or did I just mishear that? Okay, sure that's nice. Uh, but I mean, I've said nice if he did, Muspel but he wouldn't stoop so low as to make a pun. <laughs> <laughs> he just said he wish he did, though. <laughs> All right, but but the, he does have a very new thing, which is increased break damage. Yeah, I was, I was uh, yeah, on his has, lethal mind, our first break skill. which is the dumbest thing. So I think this oh, is. Man. This is probably LM's answer to people using barrage attacks because they didn't want that to be the way that you deal with these bosses. So they made skills that, instead of being barrage attacks, they just deal crazy increased break damage of one particular weapon type. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's... It's better than barrage, but I think that the fact that it's only one weapon type makes it kind of fucking awful because you need so well, many different units. So is, is their plan kind of that you would bring the... Um... Plan? Uh, no, are you, okay, are you, right, are you okay. suggesting they have plans? Okay, but, well, but I still want to ask this question. Is there a plan that you're going to bring one of the break break bar damagers as your support chainer to a trial? Do you think that's kind of the thought behind it? So you would bring Axtar and I, whoever else I question can. whether they put enough thought into this. I guess the idea is that you might pair up non-dupe chainers if one of them can help with the break bar. I honestly haven't looked at the future JP trials that much. I don't know how how common the break bar even is on them. It's, it's in all of the extreme trials, so like okay. the third run of Intanger and the other ones. How does it work on Anthonola? Because I know that's AoE. Is it just the main part that has the? I'm guessing. Part? I'm guessing it's just the main one, same as like the um, the insignia bosses that have minions. But I don't know for sure. They might each have their own one. Yeah, because <laughs> just so people know, there are no hits on. So it's not a chaining ability, the break bar. Yeah, one. it's it's yeah. just like well, it's, break a, it's bar. a basic attack. Yeah. Yeah. I guess my question it, is, it, we'll see. like, how much HP does the typical break bar have? Because if it's five hundred percent increased, does triple casting that does that just empty the break bar or? Uh, break bar has HP. I thought it had yeah. like hits. Uh no, it has it, it, it has like an amount of, of like it, it's not actual yeah. HP, but it's like. A, a weapon of the specified type will do will, will do hundred yeah. damage, but not anything else would yeah, do one damage. Yeah, because I think oh, okay. I think from memory, most of them that I've seen have like four to five thousand total. Hmm. Okay. So like a triple, like if you are dual wielding katanas on a boss that say takes a hundred damage from katana, like break damage, eat like that break skill will do one thousand break damage per hit, so it can definitely take care of it in like a turn is or two. Is double handing nice. a katana the same as dual wielding two katanas? No. No. Okay, dual wielding so the weapon type even is important. twice as good as double handing well, it. Really so dumb. I just did a Damn quick fire. check on JP. Up to Furion, they constantly released um, these break bar moves up to Furion, and then Furion had two. Like, he could do with two weapons. And then they kind of just stopped and they did it again with Onion Knight, and they didn't do it again yet. Um, so, I think some of the NVAs have them as well, like uh, oh, okay. Kunshira had one or two. I think she had like maces and rods or something. Yeah, she did. Yeah. So it sounds like this is going to be a pretty common mechanic. Uh, yeah. And like I said, I think it's better than Barrage in that it doesn't take forever, but it's annoying in that it only works for one weapon type per skill, apparently. Yeah. I, think I mean, look the, at like... the other annoying thing that I think Sinzar's but... mentioned this quite a bit is that it's annoying that they're mostly on damage dealers because you usually want someone to finish off the break bar and yeah. then chain after it's broken yeah. on that same so, turn. I, I guess so I, Sorry, go ahead. I actually do have a question. Like To properly maximize X-Star's break bar move, you want to do wheel katanas on him and then use his katana break move. Am I right? 
Yes. Yep. Yes. He has yes, it in but... his Brave Shift, which is TDW, which is probably another reason yeah, to go to double ah, okay. with him on some trials. But um, what his, I was going to say is... Brave Shift what, form what... is more like for the small boost stacking, isn't it? It doesn't look like it does as much damage as his base form. Modifier-wise, it's about the same. Usually you're going to get slightly lower attack mm-hmm. with it just because of the passives and not ah, having okay. six times cap. But yeah, the big thing you want from it is the grandest. Oh, hold on. For Can you cap this against the break bar? Guys, I just want to be honest. This conversation is much worse than going off topic. <laughs> I completely <laughs> We're agree. Like, about I, like, we've, we've spent 10 one. minutes talking about okay, yeah, the break bar. So, so in, in the interest of not having Hazard fall asleep, uh, Axtar does like around 190 billion damage uh, from the Calx that Dream <laughs> Which and is slightly more than Rain. So he's the strongest chainer. Yeah. At least without his DMRs, they you know they yeah. scale differently and whatnot. Um, he's but, yeah. he's kind of partially locked to ice because when he shifts into his brave shift form, which he has to do to maximize his damage, his best moves in that move are ice locks. He can use non ice lock moves. He loses a bit of damage, and then he shifts back to normal, and he never goes back to his brave shift. Um, he'll he'll also. You want to know lose, the best I thing guess. about Axstar? Huh? He has permanent triple cast, and it's. AOE Mirror of Equity, so and it's non-elemental for Arena. So we finally have a triple cast <laughs> Arena AOE unit. That's TDH, which is what you want anyway. So this should be right up uh, Muspel's alley. So, and, and I guess you already pulled like two of them, right, Hazard? <laughs> no, I did pull an NV today for free, another but it was another fear. Aerith, uh, unfortunately. That's what, so, your, your fourth now? Well, his STMR is, gives both TDH and TDW. Uh, oh, bonus! Which is but a, as a one-handed weapon, yeah. the TDH is a waste of time. Yeah, yeah. it's it's not a well-thought-out design. Um, it's like as, as it's a like TDW weapon, it's with, with a do- double hand going on. Yeah, so small. I mean, as a TDW weapon, it's like a katana version of Odin Reagan's STMR, which is good, but. His vision card is another twist on what we've already seen with Cloud's card. It's basically the same thing, but for katanas. Um, which is really good. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's great. Very I, strong. I don't know. If there's a whole lot else to say about him, though. He's got it's not exactly I mean, interesting. He's got well, guts. Okay, I want does... to talk a bit about his CGLB because because that disappointed me a bit. So I, I think I've said this. Well, I think I said this on the podcast before. But the OG Axstar or Rainstar, whatever Rain Axstar, had an amazing CGLB. Like I mean, the weeb in me was jacking off to that LB. Really, this LB, like dude, just plays around with a brush. I mean, I it's, quite like it. It's kind it. of a, a samurai Cutsy. thing. Like, in Japanese yeah. culture, yeah. as I understand it, samurai are supposed to, like, be cultured and stuff. And I guess that's supposed to represent that. So, wasn't this CG uh, delayed in Japan? Yeah. Yes, all, it like, was. All of the NVCGs have been, like, quite delayed in Japan because of, you know, COVID and just also them kind of spamming them out. Well, we should get them delayed in global then, too. I mean, I, I, I want it the same. <laughs> Yeah, people Global people tend to complain when things are different. And this is a delay nerf, and I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, now I have nothing to look forward to. This is so unfair. In JP, they could look forward to getting these animations. I demand compensation. Guild. Yeah. But hey, we, we are getting that something. No, no. JP is getting. It was basically JP. like a free buff for the units after their release. Exactly. We need a buff for these units. Not that I got. But Baros, we are getting something that JP isn't. We are getting Yoshi. Okay. Yoshi. Yeah, yeah, listen. I know you have a girl boner for Yoshi. I know. Like, calm down. I don't understand why anyone is excited for a store brand 
Oren. Yeah, I don't know who Yoshi is besides the dinosaur thing in Mario. There's Elena. Who, and who's there's excited Oren. for this green design? Yo- Yoshi is like hot Oren, okay? Like everyone, everyone knows that. Are you saying? See, Barros understands me. Yeah, Oren is like the store brand Oren, which is I'm really. I'm gonna go weird. ahead and murder this tangent. Uh, we're gonna talk about the next unit, which is. Ah, there we go. That's does the that, one we love. Does anyone I thought have? We yeah. Covered the whip fetish thing already. Does anyone have anything to say about Shinju that does not relate to whips? I think Dream had like a thing about her being jailbait. Dream, do you want to bring that up again? I mean, you just look at the skill names like um, Mad Lash, Sexy what? Whip Plus, Binding Whip Plus, Hot Oof, Whip, binding whip. Double Lash. All Hyped you have to do is read her bio. <laughs> Shinju wears a very tight, form-fitting black dress as her uniform, but doesn't particularly concern herself with her apparel. Mm-hmm. And it does it say that, yes. Yeah, she does say that. So Shinju is one of the um, what's what's Madam's group now again the called? Sorway. Oh boy! Sorway? Yeah, the sorry. Yeah. Her immaturity and raw power worry Mortis a certain source. person in her life to the point that said person gifted her with a long whip so she could tame her own self first. Oof. Oh god, <laughs> this, this sounds like worse. a good fanfic. All right, let's move on to the next ah. unit right now before this conversation goes any further. Wait, <laughs> so hold on, I wait, have wait, another. Wait. <laughs> So does she have a terrible TMR as a seven star two? Um, it's fine. Yes. It's sixty yes. percent well, attack for the whip. It's it yes, involves it using terrible. whips. It, it, it's so yes, it's terrible, terrible, not because of the stats on it, but because it involves whips. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. All right, but her but STMR, STMR, STMR is really hand. good. Yeah. Her STMR is really freaking good. Yeah, so her it's fifty-five flat is... attack. Yes. Does anyone care about huge flat attack percentages anymore? Like I see attack plus fifty percent, like eh. Uh, yeah, but it's like, it, yes, you define flat attack. It can be good on units that use LB damage, because they have trouble getting uh, attack percent in. That's true. So I this mean, one is 55 attack and 50% attack. I do think it, it's almost I used to get a, looking at it. I do think this is probably worse than AI Katie's STMR on most units, but AI Katie's STMR is like the gold standard, so... Of suckage. Oh, you're saying STMR collectively has probably like wasted like 300 years of human life. Do the this podcast has been sponsored by Upgrade Package and then pause for 30 seconds. <laughs> oh my gosh! If so, I just want to say if if you put two AIKD STMRs on your MK bonus unit, you deserve to go to hell. It, it doesn't proc twice hazard. Yes, it does. It does. It does. It does? Yes. Yeah. Really? It takes like yeah. four seconds. <laughs> Most plus like, oh my I, god, I have to do I, that. Well, I, I only have one copy of it, so I guess I've never noticed this. Oh, what a casual. Yeah, Yeah, I know, right? So, so guys, I have a question. So what's a sand whip? Is that like a new sex technique? <laughs> I think if it's any, just throwing sand at people. If anybody knows Boros, it'll be you. Dream, you have yeah, something well, okay, to say okay. about her? So listeners, if you yeah. have anything on the sandwich thing, you know, just Dream, put save it in us. the thread, get into the Discord, let us know. Like, what, what is this so, all about? So how is Shinju's damage for a 7-star max unit? As for her actual kit, she's like she's basically like a wannabe Madam Edel. Because of her double cast, she's like really slow to set up. And she has like a 3-turn buff cooldown on like a 10-turn cooldown, which really annoys me. Yes, that's the point. <laughs> surprisingly though, like once she does get set up for those like three turns, she actually does really surprisingly good damage. It's like over a hundred billion burst for like two or three turns. Oh, nice. 
Also, I do and, like her. Av- her average gets around as good as like Odin Reagan, but after that, it's thematically nice. Also, that she has also a skill called Shining Art Gem Strike, which is a Stardust mm-hmm. Ray Chain skill. Yeah, well, all of her chains are Stardust Ray. <laughs> yeah, she yeah, literally yeah. has one skill that isn't Stardust Ray because it's a cooldown like buff. But it's basically a carbon copy of uh, Madame Adele's. Like all of hers are her cooldowns are called the same things, I believe. The Shining Arts. Well, her TMR is called yeah, it, Dream of Becoming Madam. Yeah. she Basically, she's learned from Madam. Oh, so she's so like... Um, a Yuri put, story. Puts, oh. puts her oh, on... <laughs> what's, what's the, um, what's the female even... Wilhelm wannabe? What's her name? Female Wilhelm. Uh, Oz- uh, Ozetta? Ozetta. Who? Yeah, Odetta, I think. Ozetta. Ozetta. Ozetta, yeah. Yeah, it's Ozetta. You're right. So she's basically, you know, the new one of those. I can't Not believe the free unit is the most interesting unit this week. Oh, yeah. Petal Bear. So, yeah, let, let's let, move to Petal yeah, Bear. Let's, let's talk about him. So Pekiota, or sty- Panic, stylish Panicotta. skewer. Pekiota or Pekiota? Pekiota. So at first glance, it looks like he's just a breaker, but he has he has 50% innate increased chance to be targeted and 20% evasion in his kit. And his TM is 20% chance to be targeted. Uh, a materia. So you can actually gear him for 100% target chance pretty easily. You give him his own TM and Moogle plushie, and he's at 100%. And then you get him some dodge, and you have a provoke breaker. Hmm. That's very nice. If you're truly desperate, his TMR apparently stacks, from what I was yeah, told. So you yes, it does. Yes, it does. It's so yeah, cute. It's I feel like that's <laughs> that's typically not worth it because if you have Moogle plushie Probably or if you have not. Moogle charm, you've been playing long enough that you don't need multiple copies of his TM. If you don't have Moogle charm, I don't think prisming this is going to solve yeah. your problems. I mean, it might help if you're trying to maximize damage for dark visions, for and you need that for a very specific build. But yeah. it's, it's one of those really big yeah. desperation moves, so I don't think anybody would do it. It's just it is an option. His, and the thing about this unit is that his yeah. STMR and his TMR are really interesting. I like his STMR just because there's like four different fucking killers on it. Yeah, it's got some decent killers mm-hmm. on it. I also want and to like, mention... Th- throwing is not used that much, but... I mean, TDW units fine. tend to... Yeah, sometimes they can equip it. Yeah. I, I want to mention, um, he has a chance to counter with an 80% break, which is pretty good if you make him your provoke tank. The main issue with him is that he doesn't have a defense or, or spirit breaks. Yeah, he's mm. purely attacking magic. Now, you can get around the- this because some damage dealers do have those breaks and they could do it, or you could have, like, I don't know, um, I think Myra has one on a cooldown. So there's ways around it, but it's it's still not something that you necessarily want to be dealing with. But I, I think I for... Really, sorry, go ahead. I really like how what they, what they tried to do with Pekyota, though. Like, there, there is an attempt to make a budget breaker. A budget Vaughn, basically, is what they were trying to do. And then all, like, for all purposes, they didn't A-limit up. But hold yeah. on, didn't they already do that with Machina and just better? No, uh, Machina can't handle AoE fights. Mm. Or have the Evade Provoke thing going. Yeah. Mm. yeah okay. Sorry, I like that he has uh, two different forms of True Dispel. He's got one on his cooldown, and then his LB also has a True Dispel. Remove all buffs yeah. from all Yeah, I was going to mm. mention that as well. That can be quite nice. Yeah, and and it's a low-cost LB as well. So yeah. it's easy to have up yeah. often. Well, probably uh, not I mean, an every me- medium at 36. I would say low cost. It costs 36, which is actually a little no, bit on the me, high side. 
No, but it's easy, like, okay, it's, if it's 36, it means that if you have 12 LB per turn, you're going to get it once every three turns. And that's quite a lot for Yeah, but a 12 LB dispel. per turn when you're gearing for 100% uh, dodge and provoke ch and passive draw and probably some resists is very difficult. Yeah, true, true. But also, you rarely need the perfect dispel every turn, so I'd say he's probably one of the units that has it the most often, right? Because usually these are on long cooldowns. Like, Vaughn is, Vaughn is only 4 or something, so Vaughn is really good. Yeah, uh, between Vaughn his cooldown... 6, isn't he? 6? Oh, shit. Between his cooldown and his LB, you could have 2 primed and ready to go when you need it. It won't be every turn, yeah, but if you need it on turn got... 4 and then turn 6, bam, bam. Yeah, you've got overall pretty good frequency on it. So that can definitely yeah, be useful Bonds too. Yeah, Bonds is 6, Lids is 4. Mm, okay, yeah. Also, I still felt uh, Bonds was low, because you could use it a lot, I felt. But uh, when, I, when I did the first clear on Behemoth with him. So, yeah. yeah did you guys know, notice, I, though, that his STMR has the name Barrel in it? What? Oh, yes. okay. It's Rasp Barrel. Okay. I feel like it's supposed to be some, like, raspberry, but I don't know. That's... I, yeah, I, think, I think it's a play on raspberry, but... Barrel is also like isn't well, that a gem? Barrel to do with the character from Disgaea three, but isn't also Barrel a gem? Yes. Yes. Yes, it is. What type of gem? I'm googling so it now. It, this could be some kind no, of Japanese pun that didn't translate barrel. well. Speaking of which, I mean, uh, it, it might be to do with like oh, wow, the whole Madam stuff has gem things going. Yeah. Yuffie's um, SGM that, that's his uh, is just a complete weird English translation that should not have existed. But yeah, overall, I look at Pekiota and I see a unit that, you know, isn't top tier, but for a free unit, especially for new players, he's great. His TM is not the most useful passive draw item, but it's reasonable. And just overall, definitely worth picking up, definitely worth getting his TM and his STMR. Well, and you definitely want him because that has the potential of these, this, uh, daily, this daily dungeon thing we've got going on. You really want him to be your oh, provoke yeah. evade breaker guy. Because that so thing sucks. Many is everybody doing the daily dungeon? Because I do it once, and then it's too much of a pain in the butt, and I just spend uh, It gives so up. much currency, though. Yeah, I... I, I guess this, no, this because... one isn't that bad. I think I this got one's like, bad. I think I got like 190,000 from my run today. It gives like 20,000 base, I think. Yeah, yeah but, but it's 2k points as well. I mean, yeah. it's, it's worth it if you can do it. It is a pain in the butt, though, for sure. Uh, especially no, if you do, don't so have the envy units. Round. Oh, no, well, don't, I don't have Lastwell. No, you don't yeah. need Envy units to do this one. Like, I'm clearing it with Kunshira to break Fisalis and Yego to chain. So it's actually not as bad yeah, as a Final Fantasy VII one. As well. I mean, I don't believe you. one of the units on, that has a bonus, right? So that's another decent unit that does damage, yeah. I guess. So it could be... I mean, you, you can gear. Like, Reagan does okay damage too if you've enhanced him, so... Mm. Do we have anything else to say about Pekiot, or do we want to move on to Lastwell? Hey, but, Laswell! Well, I do have a question. Pekyota looks like a teddy bear to me, okay? Fangirl. I actually thought Pekyota was a teddy bear before. Apparently three of you want to say something. Like three or four people just spoke at once and neither of them yielded. This just kept going. Why is he the only bear? I just heard cotton. Is he the only bear in the game? I thought he's supposed to be a dog. There's Wilhelm. Oh, Laswell. I like you think. And now we can move on. Go out on top. Pyro, on top. Glacial, Icy Hot Lastwell. Yeah. Time for Shadow to Fangirl. Shadow, yeah. take it away. 
So Pyrogracial Laswell is like any Laswell fan's wet dream because this guy has been in the meta since the seventh, like for so long now. He's been every time people think he's dead, he just comes back. And did he come back this time? He does decent chaining damage, and his L his Brave Ship form actually has a pretty cool thing where if you want to make him into an LB damage dealer. Yeah, you can, but I mean, why would you? That's boring. Fucking every everyone's an LB damage dealer these days. So, I mean, his his the thing about his brave shift that I really think is weird is that he has 130 times ice physical damage modifier, but no LB damage boost in his kit. Yeah, he does. It on his grandis. That's it, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, on his yeah. grandis. Yeah. Once. Yeah. Okay. Once. Congratulations. You have 150 for one. It's, it's to me his brave shift feels shadow, like the... shadow what if once is all you need i mean look at tifa once is all you need right to be fair tifa hits a lot harder tifa hits harder like uh, okay. when they meet tifa they made her grand disco like what twice three times and then twice. his twice yeah his only happens once and it's a it's not even as strong as hers it's like okay, and, i don't think and you... tifa's will last through two lbs exactly his only lasts for one LB. So Tifa can go multiple times. Last will is one and done. So when are we gonna get actual? That was expected. Like, actually, I'm gonna save this question for later. We're not done with this kit. Sorry, Shadow. Go on. I mean, his kit's kind of boring though. It's it's a really simple rotation of use that AT move and you're gonna do damage. But as somebody who has to do meth every week, I enjoy those kind of units. One thing I want to mention is that uh, he does not have an imbue in his base form, so you're either going to want to give him an external imbue or run an elemental weapon in his base form. I Wait. used to think that was a bad thing, but for dual wield units, I honestly feel like that isn't as big as an issue. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not crippling, it's just something to keep in mind. You yeah. do, yeah. I mean, I still think you lose a fair chunk of attack, though. You do. It's but... it's actually like I was do? comparing the builds. It's not that big a damage loss, to be honest. It's no, like... but it's a e peen loss. Muscle. My penis is so small already. <laughs> I can't have it get any smaller. There's a level. Moving on. There is a level say assurance anything. when your dual wield unit already has an elemental weapon, just because. If a dispel happens, that's one less thing to worry about to recover. So I honestly feel like the gain that you get for having an elemental weapon sometimes just is so much better than losing the loss in attack value that you usually get. I and feel by like this with, point... with Lastwell though, if I got dispelled, or I, th I think the thing with a lot of these chainers that we see at Envy is that the solution to getting dispelled isn't using elemental weapon. It's a lot of their brave ships have moves that have innate elements. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. So but like with Laszlo, with these... I would just shift to his Braid Shift and use the Ice move. These Envy Awakened units still always have a thing with their cooldowns. Just like sometimes you're stuck in that Brave Shift for like a two or three turns. I think maybe it wasn't Laszlo. One of the Envy Awakened units um, in the last few weeks, they were stuck on it for three turns once you got into it and you can't leave it. So it's like, yeah. I really find that annoying uh, sometimes. That, that does apply for Laszlo, I think, as well. Laszlo oh, has it down to normal three turns. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's that last. The thing about Laswell, though, is after he goes into the Brave Shift for the first time, he never goes back in a normal rotation, I don't think. Right? Yeah, you you want to stick to his other chaining move in his normal form. Well, yeah. Is there, there an, an, uh, 
The Brave Shift usually does slightly higher damage because you've got that stronger attack buff oh, yeah, available, sorry, was, and the mod Axtar. is 96 versus 98. Oh, yeah, Axtar, Axtar is the one that just buffs once and then stays in normal form. Is oh, there an well, NBA just... with infinite turns in their uh, Brave Shift no. form? I don't believe... Not... Yeah, there, no, there is a few now. Well, Lauren's the first one that came to mind. Well, in GL. It's, the, but, it, yeah, quite well, a... the global exclusive oh, yeah, not, podcast, not, but not the fucking JP not exclusive podcast. <laughs> Wait, uh, so but which one? There the, will be before long. Uh, which one of the MV bases has an infinite brave shift? Oh, every uh, MV base, most of them, yeah. Cloud. Oh, okay, okay. So uh, yeah, has it. I mean, it's, it's MV units seem to have infinite brave shift. NVA units typically don't. Oh, okay, okay. I never for, thought for about now, it because all of their rotations least. are very yeah. set on you know you wanting to shift in and out, which I think is cool because yeah. it is a mechanic you kind of want to do. Um, <laughs> But yeah. I know I'm jumping the gun a bit, but regarding the like the brave shift thing, I think te- what they did with Terra is actually brilliant because the way that Terra's brave shift works is that you're you're only in it for like I think one or two turns and then you're out. So it, you're it just saying like this isn't turns. the Japanese. What they did with Terra is what they did with Tifa, though. Yeah, it's literally just hers. No, but hers, Terra's the... is better because they actually put effort in a brave shift spite, sprite. Terra Tifa is a phase change, but <laughs> she has a better sprite, yeah, so it's the true, same thing but better. That's kind of true for all NVAs, and it is a bit of a shame. I'm gonna say, although it seems to be getting better because yeah. we are the JP uh, podcast, and like Eurasia's <laughs> sprite is fucking amazing in BS form. Like, I mean, it's still I, a post change. She now. went from like she went from tied up hair to she li- wh- lets her hair down. Yeah, no, but but there there have been a few really good ones. Like Lauren gets like. Fancy dress. To be fair, Lauren is a paid unit in JP. Are you guys uh, done yet? And? No, no, I have a really Never. important question about Last World. So, nope. like, w- nope. no, 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 nope. this is an important question. Must well shut up. <laughs> so, you know, like, all gotchas, we know this, all gotchas kind of go down the slope of being over sexualized eventually. Like, like we see with all gotchas, especially in their commercials, when like all gotchas now kind of look like it's a waifu choosing sim. Like, do you want flat tits, big tits? Do you want like noble uh, or get whatever? To the point. Yeah. Okay, yeah, let's talk about the trial now. So listen, no, no, let Baros finish. Question. Come on. Okay. Yes, so go on, Baros. Like, when do you think that's gonna start happening in FFB? When are we gonna get like dominant daddy Laswell or like you know like actually like explicit units. Did you not see Summer Phases, uh, LB? Yeah, Barros. This has been happening for like three years already, no, Barros. No, Have no, you not seen the like, Summer why Units? Why do you think you pulled for Seacard and Ignacio? Listen, Summer Units are standard weeb fan service. I'm talking about like the, the boat fucking game ads, you know, where it's like... What about CG Legs? You know, the, the first Dark Fina. CG Ignacio. Well, well, okay. Listen, we need more units like Big Hard and CG Legs. I agree. Like those, those are the units that will really take this game to the depravity kind of cycle. Although I guess I shouldn't hope for that because that's probably usually at the end of the life cycle. Baros, yes. is Shinju also, not enough? We just talked about her description and the kit. Yeah. Also, the depravity is probably the problem as well. <laughs> did did, yeah, did everybody already forget problem. the whole Citrus CG where it literally stops on her tits for like a good two seconds? But that's still fan service. It's it's like it's not. She wasn't. All right. You know, I regret. I regret letting Barlos ask your question. So let's move on to the coral. Anything you. to contribute, Tomato? Wait, how do we pronounce the new fight? I don't know. Coral. The how whip whisker beast. 
And thus, Quill, coral, doggy, Quill, cat, coral, that kills people. It's a cat. I mean, I'm, oh, I'm oh. not an English-speaking <laughs> native person. No, wait, right? I've, I've got it. I know what we call it: Thundercat. Oh yes. Okay. All right. It I mean, does okay. make sense. Okay, okay, but guys, tomato. I love that re- reference. Llamas and hats. Fantastic. Thank you for that. Uh, oh, what's the what's the Thundercat Pokemon? Raikou? No, what is it called? Yeah, Raikou. Yeah, like Raikou. Five. This is uh, this is uh, you know FFP Raikou. Jolteon. Uh, Jolteon. <laughs> it's not, it's not about, one of the top. It's not a Raikou than a Jolteon. Like. He's more. So yeah, he's definitely more Raikou. So can, can you name all like... lightning Pokemon just by heart? Go. Plus, Pikachu, Pikachu, so Pikachu. Thund- Thund- Thundercat feels like the most straightforward trial we have in, we've had in a long time. His mechanic it basically boils down to he hits you really hard. He doesn't have like any death stuff. He doesn't like you don't have to gear for dodge. You don't. Mm. Deal Wait, that's with... like entirely wrong though. Did you just do the Tifa clear on him? No. <laughs> all, all he does AOE physical, and then he switches and does AOE magical, and then he switches back to physical, and that's. The whole fight. Yeah, but that's the mechanic, right? Yeah. You need to kind of switch between physical yeah. and magical. So you have two well, tanks, and then you, you <laughs> just do each of their covers when you need it. I, I use one tank. double tank campaigning has He's talking about off. Hello Aegis Charlotte. Wait for yep. it. He's going to talk about her. There yeah. we go. There we I use Hello Aegis Charlotte, and she, almost, she actually died once, but that was during the magic phase, so... She's probably a bad tank. <laughs> all right. I should have saved Rem's magic mitigation cooldown to line it up with that. Just imagine if we had had CG Ramza, though, he would have been able to double tank this. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So, Man. in your weird dream here, is CG Ramza, what what form is he? Is he like original frilly shirt Ramza? Is he the the, the multiple tank Ramza? Is he is, the, is, the chapter 4 heretic Ramza? Who, is, who is, is, is he the really Ramza? freaky Ramza from Dissidia who looks very wrong because he has a nose and the FFT units aren't Gosh. supposed to have noses? So if they do a CG Ramza at some point, it has to be the Chapter Four Heretic Ramza, the gr- the one in like the green and silver armor. If they do the frilly one from Chapter One, uh, it's gonna be a disappointment. But I was well, just saying, like if they had done an Envy Awakening of Merc Ramza, it'd be kind of fun. I have a question, Hazard. How would you feel if they did a CG dual unit Beach Ramza and Delita? <laughs> Wait, so so it would be. Oh, hmm. Hmm. I would feel like I would probably sue them for direct harassment. But, but, like, but targeted the question harassment. is, would you pull? It is a Ramza. I don't know. Silent, your, your silence speaks in volume. <laughs> <laughs> I want Ultima. Oh, Envy Ultima. I'm, I'm down for Envy but Ultima. But she needs to brave shift into Alma. And be yes. useless. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and be useless? Spoiler, <laughs> can't equip anything. <laughs> It should be the other way around, so you have to pull. We more. don't have a five-star base Alma though, yet. Exactly. Come on, Gumi. Envy base. Wouldn't Renora technically be good for this fight? Yes, I used him. Okay. Of course you did, Maspel. Of course you did. Wait, why would you use Renora? Oh, right. Yeah, uh, uh, evasion supremacists. I, I got it. I got it. Evasion supremacist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You it. make it sound like some, you know, some Reddit uh, subreddit you don't want to be a part of. It sounds like well, he's trying to evade using evasion. Yeah, and it kind of is a subreddit I wouldn't want to be part of. Like to all these elitists just talking about how to gear their physical tanks. Physical Renor's tanks Mirage. have been irrelevant for a year. Renor's Mirage is also just useful, so... 
So uh, one thing I, I learned, one really cool thing, I learned several things about this fight actually, but one thing that I haven't actually thought about before is, so uh, Rigoro gave me this idea because I, I, I wanted to do a Rivera clear. And then Rigoro said, yeah, but why don't you just use Awakened Warrior of Light as your tank? Because he can also heal and tank. I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's a great idea. And I did, because I've never awakened my Warrior of... So I've never awakened my Awakened Warrior of Light. Unawakened Warrior You were sleeping on him. And I realized, you know, you know what? I realized there is a pretty... Unfortunately, he is not that good anymore, I guess. But wow, he's like a perfect complement to Uraisha. Because like he can cover her downturn of barriers perfectly so that was a really cool synergy i i learned from this fight not that i got to use it because the fight was super short but still like i i there was a cool synergy between two units i didn't know before i might use him as my evade tank several more times i also want to talk for a minute about uh the materia you get for beating the trial the uh, lb the, damage call the wild the lb fuel yeah. one Wh which one those two yeah so this is something we haven't seen before it at the start of the turn at the start of your first turn it fills your lb gauge by eight um, and something that a lot of people might not be aware of is that if you brave shift, start of turn abilities will also trigger again, again. at the end of mm -hmm. your turn. I'm not sure if this applies to start of battle things though. So like if you equip this on the base form and the brave shift, and then you brave shift on turn one, do you get eight more LB crystals at the end of the turn? Yes, you should. Nice. I'm not sure if it's the end of the turn or the start of the next turn, but I mean, that doesn't really matter either way for LB crystals. Yeah. But yeah, those start of fight things will trigger every time. I think time. you wouldn't necessarily do this on a damage dealer, but for like a breaker or something in Dark Visions, it could be very relevant for getting an LB huh. really quick. Huh. Or even on Tifa in Dark Visions, like... Wait, so if you Brave Shift on turn one, you get 16 LB? If, if you equip this to both the base yeah, form and should. Brave Shift, yes. Hmm. I mean, it could work on Tifa too, like, because you don't want, sometimes you don't want to use her... LB fuel move during Dark Visions because it imbues yeah. herself at the same time. So if you use that... Yeah, yeah there would be a small disadvantage in that um, it's only 30% LB damage, so you're losing some potential damage that way, but if it lets you burst sooner without having to deal with some annoying boss mechanic, that could be very useful. Yeah, even mean, if you Tifa, just use Tifa it on the so base... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> even if you just use it on the base form, there's like 3-8 limit break crystals at the start of your turn. Mm. That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, Tifa is so strong that if you could get her to just fill LB turn one and get an external LB damage, she's still going to do, like, good damage. Not, not great, but, like, 100% buff is still going to have her doing big burst on turn one. Mm. I, th I think turn one burst is not very realistic in most situations, because you need somebody to fill the gauge, somebody to buff LB damage, people to chain, people to imbue, it's... It's a lot of jobs for six units. So what you're saying, you need Luna Freya and two support chainers. Luna Freya only does a fifty, only does a fifty percent LB damage buff. Oh right, yeah, that sucks. Uh, you know who so, has a hundred percent LB damage buff? Yeah, NV Rain. Rain. Envy. We need Poppy. Envy mm. mm -hmm. Daddy Rain. Yes. <laughs> so speaking of Rain, NVA Eurasia. I think I'm the only one who didn't fucking use Tifa here. Prove my, prove me I'm wrong. I, I didn't do it yet. I, didn't I haven't done it yet. Do. <laughs> Yeah, I, I use rain, and oh, I didn't even go. awaken my Tifa, so it's like I, I won't even be using Tifa. I, I did forget to gear my rain's brave shift. So I, I use rain to, and Tifa. I have to do the whole thing in his base form. I just have to speak a bit more about rain because I really like that unit. But 
wow, his LB is like so satisfying. I'm, I'm starting to realize how visually satisfying backloaded LBs are. Oh, yeah, I thought you just way... really liked the visual of a, a ridiculously overlarge sword yeah, to you help would... compensate for your small package. Yes, exactly. Like when I see it, I'm like, I'm okay with having a small penis now. Also, it was pretty cool, you know, like Curl was at, I don't know what, 80% or some shit. And then his LB starts going and the percentages don't change. And you're like, did I do something wrong? Like, did I forget an LB buff or something? And then the final hit comes in and Curl goes to 10% HP. And you're like, oh my God, you're rubbing your nipples. You're kind of twisting your toes because it's so pleasurable. Baros! Mm. Baros, do you, do you drive a lifted truck? It just by happenstance. <laughs> Actually, I always wanted to have one, but I like I can't afford a new car, so I don't. But I would Man. want one. Like I would want one of those big Ford, like huge ass trucks. Mm. You know, stereotypes Barrels. exist for a reason. Barrels, so are you guys? I, I drive a Nissan Qashqai. Oh, it's okay. Whoa, 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 whoa! Hold on, hold on. He was gonna say something really demeaning, wasn't he? <laughs> No, I, I was, I was, I guess that you were a Nissan person, but I, I, I can't believe I got it right. I don't even know what what cars exist in Sweden, so. Yeah, we, we kind of almost don't have cars. Most of us drive in like um, horse carriages, but like I'm, I'm one of the lucky few. I thought you rode on fish like Aquaman. No, no, we're not. Wait, you mean Baros? Is that Aquaman? Baros, Baros. Here's a bigger way. question: Does IKEA produce cars? I was about to ask that actually. <laughs> Actually, they don't. Okay, but, but I mean, you have IKEA. You should know what the fuck. Do you do you guys like IKEA in Sweden? Like, is it like as cool as it is in America? <laughs> so actually, that was no, no, that was so cool because that was my biggest fucking surprise. For my first trip to the U.S. was a business trip to um, Los Angeles, and I was so surprised. Like, IKEA is cool, and I'm like, oh yeah, what the actual fuck? Because IKEA, IKEA isn't cool in Sweden. Have you, have you heard of the IKEA no. date? That's a thing here. The IKEA Dude, date a, is like a cultural that's thing. That's so weird. Yes. Because, okay, l- let me now tell you something about IKEA in Sweden. So IKEA in Sweden is basically like Kmart. It's like the... the, the what the hell? Br- no, no, it's, it's the cheap brand <laughs> what the hell? furniture store. You don't go to IKEA to buy... Like, you go to IKEA if you can't afford real furniture. Like, I, I'm not even kidding. That, that's, that's, that's what IKEA is in Sweden. So Dude, it's, it's like how hell? KFC is popular in Japan and McDonald's is popular in South Korea. And here in America, <laughs> we're like, oh, really? You went to McDonald's? Well, yeah, but that's the opposite is true here. Because like when, when a KFC opened for the first time in my town, everyone was crazy about it. They're like, oh, my God, we can finally go to KFC and shit. But um, yeah, like obviously KFC is trash food. And I think that like it's probably the same because in oh my IKEA God. here is... It's well, really funny. Golden bonds. <laughs> twelve golden what? what? I got. I just got. Thank, thanks. I got twelve Anna. golden bombs. <laughs> Continue. Oh, oh, oh I got two. I got my first double big bomb. So uh, can someone today. explain this concept of the IKEA date to me? That okay, sounds well, super interesting. IKEA is actually a place you would want to I go to no for fun, even if you weren't actually buying anything. Oh, uh, because they've got like a well, they've got so the IKEA date. I guess I'm not sure exactly what she was referring to, but. I would definitely, I've definitely seen people do that as Hazard, a date. first of all, explain to Reddit what a date is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might be an important well, first step. You know, Ikea? When... Well, okay, <laughs> imagine, imagine that you have a body pillow, but instead of a body pillow, it's a person. A ducky muckera? <laughs> oh my gosh. 
<laughs> All right. So what? this is when you interact with other people in real life, um, you know, someone who you're physically attracted to typically. Anyways, you take this person to Ikea. You go around and the store. And buy her a nightstand. Nice like, well, the thing is, Ikea has a bunch of like mini setups as if they were houses. Like you have like kitchens and, and uh, you know, bedrooms and I don't know, workbenches yes. and all, all garages, all these different things. And they set it up, the furniture, present it in a way that you'd be able to kind of see what it would look like in your own home. So, so it's just kind of yes. fun to like try all the beds. And then one, one the, the best th- part. Hold on. The best part is when you get to the end, there's a cafeteria and they've got wow. Swedish meatballs and they've oh, got yes, ling- the lingonberry sauce and like all sorts of weird but and I'm delicious food. Like, <laughs> it's like, really so, fun to eat so, there. So, 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 but but the, 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 there's a undertone to this. Like when you, when you and a girl or a guy or a significant other go on an Ikea date, you're going there because you're probably looking for furniture. That means you're probably going to move in with each other. So it's like a... It's it's like a way of saying it's an undertone of saying this relationship is kind of serious. Like I've seen people do that as a roundabout way of like testing the waters, I guess, huh. of of their current status of their relationship. And it is a cheap place to go on a date. Like the food is good, it's cheap, and coffee mm-hmm. is like I like the coffee there. I actually go to get to get their fucking coffee because you can refill it. This and is so good because like always if, great. if you ever bought, brought a I date, I can't stand IKEA coffee. And, and listen, this is so funny because okay, I, I definitely see the whole um, shopping together kind of for inspiration and or because you're moving in together, and that definitely happens here because like again, I sounded like a supremacist, but like at least 50% of my furniture is still from Ikea. I'm just telling you like what the feeling of Ikea is in Sweden. And of course, every young person right. buys all of their shit at Ikea because they, they can't afford anything else. But um, the thing is, if you ever... <laughs> this is so funny. If you ever brought a date to Ikea for the food, like that's the fastest way to get dumped, I'm going to say. Like, it's so <laughs> dumb. I don't know. Like I used to go... Like in Malaysia, I used to go to eat to eat, have a meal at IKEA because the food is decent and it's cheap. Oh, but that's a different And thing. they have Malaysians. But I'm saying like bring, no, bring, and a, bring a date. They have ma- and they have curry puffs in Malaysian IKEA, okay? And the curry puffs are good. Yeah, it's, this is so funny. I, 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 as, as we talk about IKEA, I'm just going to let you know, I'm on an IKEA chair, IKEA desk, and I have an IKEA <laughs> nightstand right in front of me right now. And my and our bed is from oh, IKEA. Oh, hold on, too, hold on. Let way. me check my own. Wait a minute. Can we get a, we get a one night stand there? Listen, listen, we need to do like an Ikea roll call. Okay, so I have a Ikea desk in my office because I'm sitting in my office recording this. Ikea desk, Ikea um, bureau, and a Ikea, like, uh, what do you call a TV stand, right? A TV stand. The, the, the media furniture, you know what I mean. Entertainment yeah. center or whatever. Yeah, it's kind of like this little table that you'd put your TV and your consoles and shit in. Yeah. So that's all I have in this room from Ikea. Anyone else? I'm in my bedroom. I've got a mobile. Oh, sorry. Go, Cotton. I have like an IKEA stool, an IKEA computer, like TV table that I repurpose into a table for myself, an IKEA cupboard, and one of those small IKEA square tables. And that's just my bedroom. Wow. I've got... Do um, you guys... Go for it. Do you get... Sorry, I was saying I've got like a movable island in my kitchen from IKEA. I've got two or three dressers... Like the ones where you can put cubbies, like they're like cubbies. You can find the things that I don't know. Put your stuff in. <laughs> I have two of those. Uh, that's all I can think of off the top of my head. But I've had I've had lots of furniture from IKEA over the years. Yeah. So basically, so. Rain is just an unremarkable damage dealer with no utility, right? Yeah. That... <laughs> yeah. 
Wait, <laughs> wait, what? Well, that's what we. I've just sort of zoned back in because I don't even freaking have IKEA. Yeah, here. See, wait, wait, you wait, poor Zealand. thing. Zealand doesn't have IKEA. Oh, you poor, poor nope. thing! Why wow, you? You're missing out so much in your life. Yeah, you could be going on okay, so many dates. Okay, we need to petition IKEA. Yeah. Well, you, you, and your ninety, <laughs> your ninety-two sheep per person could all go to IKEA. <laughs> Muspel is oddly silent. I think he doesn't like this IKEA talk that we're doing. Muspel, Muspel obviously is an American, so he definitely goes to IKEA on dates and shit. Isn't he thinking about his own IKEA date? I I'm doing my hazard. I'm doing my chocobo slot spins. Oh, that's why he's fine. <laughs> How did we get to this IKEA tangent? I don't know, actually. Um, I have no idea. I mean, the, this this is the tomato section, so oh, anything goes. Yes. Oh yeah, tomatoes here. Let's uh, let's talk to tomato. <laughs> I've actually never been to an IKEA, <laughs> even though there's one like 15 miles away from so, me. Wait, tomato, you're you're in California, right? Yes, and I am literally on fire right now. Oh boy! Oh gosh! Yeah. So can someone explain uh, another... the whole gender reveal thing to me? Like, what's up with that? <laughs> no, I mean, like, not. I, I know what it's a gender so... reveal party so... is, but like, what happened? Why is it on fire? <laughs> why, why did it burn down California? Someone... Someone set up a, they sent up a smoke grenade that was supposed to, you know, give because they're a moron smoke, and they did it in a, you know, dead grass area, and of course the smoke grenade sparked it, and and like oh, it, it just grew too big, like before anyone could do something yeah. about it. Well, I'm, yeah, I assume no. they're, you know, they weren't firefighters right there. Obviously. So the the thing you have to understand about California is that every year or two the entire state catches on fire. Yes. Yeah. Well, I do know that yeah. kind of. You, you mean like Australia? To... I mean, you can go to their website. Yes, this is this is Australia. Yeah, they, they yeah. go to the website of their whatever. It gives you like live feed of the forest and or of the of the entire state's uh, current you know meltdown status. And literally, the entire state right now has little fire symbols all over it. So we yeah. call this forest management. Yeah, because I saw this really <laughs> weird picture of like I think it was San Francisco or Los Angeles. Don't remember. That was like with an orange sky. It was a bit surreal. Yeah, that's San Francisco yeah. right now. Yeah, that, that happens yeah. a lot. Wow. Yeah. So we, 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 we call it fire season. Straight up red. You guys call it fire season. Uh, we call yeah. it here uh, 2020 reusing their script. You know, early in January, <laughs> Australia was in yeah. fire. And now we're getting this in the northern hemisphere. It feels a bit redundant. Yeah, this arc is basically just yeah. a Oh, don't worry. The fire will come back to Australia end of the year. We're just taking our time there. <laughs> So now that we've done absolutely everything except talk to Tomato about what we brought him here for, let's do that. Tomato, what, what you, did you bring? Yeah, here? I was I was just well, gonna ask. <laughs> mostly to make fun. Well, there's been or for there's him been, to make fun know, of us. A, a lot of outcry that we haven't invited you to the podcast before, mm-hmm. and my defense is I absolutely did, but you just didn't check Discord for like four months. So uh, once you actually found it, out we had invited you. <laughs> <laughs> it's on record that I'm an old man that doesn't know how to do the Discord. Well, that's true. But just you know, ping me on Reddit like a, a normal person. You have <laughs> built quite a career on Reddit doing the um, the post. I was about to say postpartum depression. But... <laughs> oh, whoa, 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 where did that come from? Well, it is a it is a play on words. It's post poll depression. Um, so I wanted to ask you. When did you start this? Because it's been going on, seems like, for as long as the game has been been here. But I do remember when it started. And I don't even think it was called post-pull depression 
the first yeah. episode, right? So I did it for three years uh, weekly. Uh, no matter what Gumi put out, I put out something for it uh, every Saturday at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, it started originally as a series called You Pulled for That uh, from someone called uh, right. Sometimes Literate. And uh, he went on vacation or something one week, and I'm like, hey, where, where, where is this shit post about, you know, it was, it's supposed to be a banner review shit post style. And there was a couple of them, and I really liked it, and then I saw it was missing for a week, and I'm like, hey, uh, you know, well, well, I could do this. I could be and a shit so poster too. Kinda, <laughs> I, I am a fully licensed shit poster. I am credentialed by all known, um, all known entities. Uh, so yeah, eventually I fully took over the series, renamed it as Post Pole Depression, and then uh, I finally stopped it just about a month or so back, uh, partially because I have a new job, partially because what the fuck am I going to say about Cloud for the seventeenth time? Yeah, it does get a bit <laughs> old, I guess. Right. And oh, oh this that one. Oh, now we have Axtar and Lastwell. Oh, well, fucking great. I, I never seen them before. Yeah. So it it, it kind of got stale. Um, yeah, I was kind of forcing myself to do it and I figure, you know, I hit my three year anniversary. I'm like, yeah, all right. It's, it's enough. Well, you uh, teased me. us too. You, you said this is my last post and then you gave us like two more posts after that anyway. <laughs> yes, there will be uh, another one or so, um, because occasionally we just got either extremely boring weeks or even an occasional dead week. And so I have my own version of the story characters as the PPD cinematic universe, uh, where they are just fourth wall. Holy fucking game. shit! Did you pull on yes. any? I just want. No, no, Shows. I just want the chocobo. I just want the chocobo slot. I got the first plot. I got, I got, I got three Phoenix. You mean the yeah. first time you got it? I got my, my first, first one. What's that? Like, what's that? I also got my first one today. Is it trash? It's my first one. It's a five star ticket. Five star slash five star MV MV ticket. ticket. MV, five star MV yeah. ticket. Yeah, you'll get yeah. shit from it. Yeah, I got another Ayaka. <laughs> so, but it's funny, Tomato. Uh, you were actually—I I was always impressed, not only at the, all the jokes and the, especially me growing up. Uh, I was born in the late '80s, so a lot of the references that you used uh, were like from my childhood and growing up with video games, and I always appreciate that. But one of the things you did was you would replay Final Fantasy games based on whatever you know, the, the banner oh, was. So you played like Type Zero, yeah. you played Final Fantasy 9, 8, 7, all, all the other ones, um, which was <laughs> way more dedication than any sane yep. person should have uh, put into it. I, I, I think the worst was watching the Advent Children movie. Um, because when that <laughs> first came out, uh, I, it didn't bother me as much. And then I watched it a second time with the director's cut years ago. I'm like, okay, this wasn't too bad. And then I watched it now and it's just complete, absolute garbage. Uh, because the only selling point that movie had of you know the, the great fight scenes and all that now just look like crappy uncanny valley from the PS3 era and just our in-game engine you know fight cutscenes look so much better uh, so it, it took the only good thing about it and it just doesn't matter now all right I so I want to know oh car go for it shadow no I was gonna say I recently rewatched uh, AC I, I didn't hate it as much as I used I had the opposite effect of you I always hated it when it first came out because I thought it ruined the ending of FF7. But then, like, I rewatched it recently when the FF7 banner came, uh, AC banner came out. I was like, I don't hate it as much. I thought it would age decently, all things considered. I huh. could not tell you what was going on until I actually read the character bios in FFBE. And that actually was able to explain 
that clusterfuck of a of a story that was Advent Children. <laughs> I think yeah, people I agree know, it's mostly there for the fight scenes. But I mean, I didn't know where they were. I didn't know if they were fighting a Bahamut or an Omega weapon or whatever. I I didn't know any anything that was going on. But I, I would say, like all of Final Fantasy VII, is a clusterfuck of a story. To be honest. Well, the original Final Fantasy VII, and now we're going to get to the, well, actually, you know, fanboy kind of thing, was more of a deconstruction of what the, you know, original protagonist of a JRPG was at the time. Um, you know, but it was well, also a clusterfuck. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> all right, yeah, so out of all the games that you replayed, which one did you enjoy the most doing again? Or maybe uh, for the first time? 12? So Final <laughs> Fantasy IX, I probably uh, enjoyed replaying the most. And I, I've mentioned this before, but I definitely had a much better perspective of it as an old man than I did when I played it when I was first, like, 17, watching Garnett move that staff around her uh, no-no parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, the vagina. Uh, because when you're watching it, you, you realize it's really Vivi's story about how, you know, how much time does he have left to live. And it, once you get to, you know, near middle age or whatever, you kind of go like, well, holy shit, I, I can die tomorrow. You know, I, I really, you know, I, I don't know how much I could drop dead right now during this recording or, you know, be caught on fire due to California, my blood alcohol content. Uh, and it was just a much, much deeper you know, perspective on it. That's cool. I, I, that's vindication for me because I've replayed nine as an adult now after playing it as a kid. And I really enjoyed the story even more as an adult and Vivi is one of my favorite characters. So that's, that's good to hear. But is that your favorite final fantasy game or do you have another one? That's actually your favorite. Uh, are we going to define what a final fantasy is like a numbered title or anything with final fantasy, anything with final fantasy? Well, then it's going to be the me and hazard final fantasy tactics podcast. Yes. You know, I've, I've, I don't think I've ever met anyone who's played all of them and doesn't think tactics is the best one. Yeah, I digress. I mean, Tactics is incredible, and Delita, even though I'm a big Romsa fan, Delita is the best character that Square Enix has ever made. Beowulf would disagree, but fuck you. <laughs> oh, you mean that guy in that side quest that you don't even... Uh... I don't know, I liked his... I like him. Anyways, Final Fantasy Tactics, good. Uh, Final Fantasy VIII, bad, because I have to take my cheap shots of that game. <laughs> and what, what do you think is the worst Final Fantasy? Why is it Final Fantasy XII? Oh God, twelve! You mean Star Wars so redone? Bad. Uh, oh, Shadow, are you I going mean, to sit for this? I you there for a moment when you took me Final Fantasy VIII, which is so, actually a good game. Uh, Final Fantasy XII could have been good. Uh, the Gambit system had a lot of uh, merit to it, but the problem is they didn't let you go far enough with it. But they also didn't take enough of the burden off of it with you. Uh, so, like, I want to be able to go, okay, if you're poison, use an antidote. If you're silenced, use an echo down. And you could do that, but you can't do everything all at once on the characters you want, and you can't make it as explicit. And, and like, the more you know about programming and things every, like that, see, like, well, shit, if I could just fucking use Python here, I could just fucking win every single fucking battle. But no, you only have eight goddamn gambits you could do for that so, character. So, so this is the weird thing about FF12 is that, you know, like people that don't know programming complain that Gambit system is too complicated. And then the other side of the spectrum, people like you saying the Gambit system is too restrictive. It's and this I, uncomfortable middle ground. It really is. But I think it's the best still, it's still the best sort of implementation of auto battling with your team. Like, and I, I say this, I said this before, but like FF12's boss battles feel more like a 
preparation fight. Like, you know how on FFB, we spent like an hour gearing people and reading up on the wiki and preparing for the boss? All the FF12 end bosses feel like that because you have to prepare your gambit specifically for certain things that happen in those bosses. And for some reason, I enjoy that sort of gameplay where you you have a plan, you go in with your plan, and if your plan gets fucked, Hold that's on. when you start need you need what? to implement your own decisions. So it's like that's hmm. I yeah I guess I understand that sort of complaint because I've I felt that too. I felt the gambit system. If I could put a loop on this somewhere, yes, give me a fucking loop. Hold on, and I'll why, why the like I mean, kill this shit. You didn't need to but, prepare. You could still control all of your characters as if it was a turn-based game. So. Why would you use gambits for bosses? Hold on now. I, I don't think yes, you, you can, can in 12. I don't know what yes, happened you here. You I don't know what happened here. But I disconnected for a second when Tomato was talking about Delita. And when I came back, Shadow was talking about Final Fantasy 12 somehow. How did you guys devolve into this nonsense? Oh, I asked Tomato what the worst Final Fantasy game was. And he obviously oh, good. said okay. 12. <laughs> I didn't say 12, but I, I don't like 12. Uh, the, the other problem i had with 12 is i didn't really get into the end game because i'm like you know i'm just going to do this one like tower area and they're like oh well you can't go back after you do this I'm like yeah that's fine i'll just you know go after that and then then i beat the game i was like oh all right but, i don't care anymore but which do you think is worse two or 12 so god they're both bad uh <laughs> they're all not as bad as like what or three no come just... on okay <laughs> No, three is revolutionary for what it did with the, the job system. Uh, it's just the problem is it was such a, a pain in the ass punishing uh, gameplay wise. But if you were to actually soften the game up, uh, it, it'd be pretty decent. Uh, two introduced a lot of just random ass mechanics and changed a ton of shit everywhere. But it did introduce most of the staples of the Final Fantasy series of uh, you summons, Sid chocobos etc so a lot of what we consider final fantasy actually came from two and not from one checkmate two was, the, two was the first one with the name protagonists so fuck everyone that hates two yeah and by the way i did not know maria was from final fantasy 2 i thought she was some ffbe original throwaway character and then i read her bio i'm like oh yeah she is from final fantasy 2 yeah her Same sprites are uh, freaking awful though <laughs> it's like one of the worst sprites in the game isn't one of the friend units from yeah, like Paul. two or three? Oh, it's and then, Paul. Uh, yeah, and King Giot and Sarah. Sarah's like from one. Anna. Uh, Sarah is the one I was yeah. thinking of. There's another. There's an old there's dude, Anastasis or something. He's also from a different Final Fantasy. I can't remember which one. Hold on, I will find it. That sounds familiar. Anastasis. He's from he... twelve, of course. The shit game. Mm -hmm. That's why we don't know him. Oh, also, shit. Final Fantasy XII, naming all their uh, airships after espers instead of not having the real espers. Yeah. Like, what, what the hell? And the espers were renamed into something completely different. Yeah, it's like someone, whoever well, made Final Fantasy if you're talking XII about just didn't espers like Final Fantasy. Like, I, I think it was a person, I, I don't know, I mean, Shadow usually knows these things, but it was probably someone who never played a Final Fantasy. It was like this random dude, it's Square Enix, and he, th and he thought he's going to make his own legacy of like doing... Because isn't it also... Because it's also so, supposed to be playing out in Ivalice, right? And it reminds you yeah, nothing of is. fucking yeah, so I was gonna say. tactics. And I was so disappointed. I literally like took my CDs out of my PlayStation and took a shit on them. Because the game was so terrible. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Alright, but the, the best part about 12 was that you got a little bit more lore about the Zodiac Braves and the, you know, the Lukavi. I think that was cool. I kind of expanded on that yeah, concept poorly, a little bit. Like, not in theme. I'm just going to put they, it... They did it, but, like, it felt like they're just trying to remake or redo. But the, but the whole but the whole point of the Evil Lisa 
the whole Shadow point of the Evil League Alliance talk. games was that they weren't all, like, they weren't telling the story of each other, right? Like, Vagrant's story doesn't expand on Final Fantasy tactics, but it's still set in the same place, quote-unquote. The whole point of the uh, Evil East Alliance was that they're referencing the same world, but telling different stories. Yeah, but in a in different it, way, too. Right? That's, that's my biggest problem. It, it's not that, like, I would have expected to recognize at least the world-building of what they did in Final Fantasy Tactics. But Final Fantasy XII has much more in common with Final Fantasy Tactics Advance than it does with Final Fantasy Tactics when it comes to world building. Also, yeah. Final Fantasy XII was created by Hiroki Ito, who also is the creator of Final Fantasy IX. So, the the, the, the 9 and 12 and were created so by the same weird. director. He, ha- he had to I, have so been drunk like... when he did Final Fantasy XII. <laughs> I think a lot of people don't realize just how different each Final Fantasy really is. Because uh, I know we think of 4 and we think of 6, and they're very similar. Uh, but if you look at uh, you know Final Fantasy 2, how weird that is, and then you look at Final Fantasy 12, 13, 15, those are all very different from one another. So it's not kind of the same sort of Dragon Quest reiteration, and there's nothing wrong with that, certainly, because all the Dragon Quests are good, whereas half the Final Fantasies are bad. Uh, but they really are quite different from one another outside of a few, uh, you know, couple of links and a few games that are kind of cookie-cutter similar. But at Which the same I time, I think, yeah, and I think the Square the Square Enix has a harder job with Final Fantasy than other fan, uh, franchise developers because every, they put they design themselves into a corner where every single Final Fantasy game has a different battle system, different like world, and they have to create a fresh new game every single time. Now, obviously, there are similar things like Sids, Chocobos, and stuff like that, but they, they've basically created fifteen different worlds. But they're all under the same umbrella. If you really think about other, I mentioned this before, other AAA developers, they make like one to three different worlds and then they just keep expanding on that. Nobody has to make a clean slate every single Final Fantasy game, which I think is a really difficult job. And no one is asking for a different Final Fantasy each time either. So I don't know yeah, why they do that. Because also, I think you guys are being a bit unfair, or not unfair, but you're, you're, you're like, it's not quite true that they keep reinventing themselves either because when they release 12, they came from a long-ass period of identical Final Fantasies. So starting with, let's say, 6. So let, let's let's ignore, or let's say 4, and we ignore 5 existed. Like, all of them are, or actually, let's include 5. All of them are mechanically identical. Like, I mean, with... T- no, look at 8 yeah, and their junction system. Yeah, that's just a tiny system. tweak. I mean, I'm talking job about system is a throwback to 7 three. and their material no, system. No, but it's tiny tweaks. What, what, no, what you're saying it's, it's is a, that a turn-based battle system with an overworld and you're talking to NPCs like like 99% of the game is the same and then you have like these tiny mechanical changes like you have to press R1 when Squall hits an enemy in Final Fantasy 8 and you have to pull magic which sucks so much balls it's weird and you should never level your characters yeah it puts but, you at but the thing is like they are the same <laughs> oh fuck the GF system. So 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 what, what what happened with twelve is that they came from like these games that are identical, and then they did something thematically and mechanically different, and it was also bad. How is it thematically? Because it again, like it's more of a Final oh, Fantasy yeah. tactic advanced. Like look at all the other games. You still run around the world gathering your MacGuffin to go defeat no, but, an evil but, empire. Well, the thing about 12 is that it doesn't tell a story of a chosen hero trying to save the world. It tells of a bunch of people trying to save the world, yes, but they're not chosen people. They're literally outcasts. Well, so think... who's chosen in any Final Fantasy game? 
Like, there's no chosen one. Well, just think, think about think about Squall. Like, Squall is no, really, no. Use Cloud as an example. It's gonna be better. Like the whole flashback here. Yo, Cloud's yeah. even a better example. He's a literal clone of Zack in, in a certain way, and and it's somehow tangently related to Sephiroth as some sort of brother, and that it sets up for the two protagonists as like a setup for the main antagonist, and they like duke it out. It's like a classic RPG thing: the chosen one versus the big evil bad guy. All right, so I gotta Cloud? do timeout. I gotta do timeout because all I don't want to do is ask Tomato a question, and now we're on okay. this insane tangent <laughs> well, for like the last online. twenty minutes. And it could go all night, and we can save some of it for the after talk. But I, I think we should loop back real quick, so that the people who don't have bleeding ears at this point, you know, we can wrap it up for them. Uh, so, right, we asked about your favorite Final Fantasy game, your least favorite Final Fantasy game. What was the thing that I want to ask you? What the thing you enjoyed most about post bowl depression was, and what was the thing you least liked about it? Um, it's almost one and the same. It was that committing on a personal level to that weekly schedule uh it was it was both sort of invigorating as in like oh yeah you know i, I gotta get this done i gotta i gotta get it you know i gotta do it and then it's like oh holy shit i have to get this done i have to do it um and you know it was a good outlet for my insanity really because what is- you know where else where else am I really going to bitch about different Final Fantasy games other than on a podcast with crazy people like you and then, you know, the the, the guy at Wendy's? Right. I was going to say, we, we feel your pain on the weekly schedule thing that we feel obligated to do this. And one of the reasons that we have no interest in monetizing this is because it already feels kind of like a job sometimes. And I don't want it yeah. to feel more like a job. But you had recurring stuff. Like you had Merc Ramza, for example, was like a recurring... Mm character in your monologues uh good old meme roms and the cg nicole going at it (laughs) there's just so much so much stuff that was created from that that i think the community is really appreciated and like some of the jokes hit some of them don't you know or there's just different audiences that can appreciate different things uh, that you've done so i did want to say it's like thank you for the three years of hard work that you've done i don't think will last three years i don't know like i don't know if the game will be dead in three years or not, but uh, it's it's quite a feat to do that every week. So what what's fifty two times three? Where's my math nerds? Hundred and fifty six. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, three, three was the slowest time. because he had to do it in a spreadsheet, but everyone else was fast. Yeah, <laughs> but that's that's a whole lot of content. So um, you know, I really appreciate what you've done for the community yeah. on that, and I hope you know maybe maybe we'll get some some new uh, series that. Yeah, there will be a few more. You know, I'm I'm certainly still posting. I'm doing a recap of the uh, season three story, uh, mostly my drunk commentary as I play through it. Um, I do so feel you that you need to be through. drunk in order I'm to so read sorry. it, right? It's I, getting slightly better, but you still need to be drunk, just less drunk. Like you're you're basically the first comment on every Reddit post ever made. Like you're always for some reason always on Reddit, <laughs> always ready <laughs> to to you know. To do the next post. I don't comment too much on the main post pages. Uh, the daily help thread, I'm in there a lot, and then of course, good old FFBE blog. Um, yeah, you said you had you had maybe a question or two from that the FFBE blog wanted to ask us. Is that true? Oh, uh, <laughs> sure. Yeah, let's uh, make some up. <laughs> no, I, I have it right here uh, from. Uh, I've got yeah, the thread here. Why well, a podcast? Does it actually help anyone? Uh, it's no, real. And... No, it does not. No. No. 
Why a podcast? Because it's it's we the thing like that requires. Well, it's the thing that requires <laughs> the least amount of preparation, and we can BS the most on. Uh, uh, people much. listen once and don't pick it apart, but if you put it in a Reddit post, people can pick it apart forever. So it's more of an or entertainment you put it on thing. YouTube as a video, people know know who you are. So there's the level of anonymity still here. Yeah, I think it, it's just for us. It was fun. A fun idea that, that I mean, I, I had for years before we actually started doing this, but the idea of just friends who got together and talked about FFB and just kind of, you know, shot the breeze about it. It wasn't meant to be uh, instructional or informational necessarily. It was meant to be more for fun. Obviously, the weekly schedule and the release necessitates some commentary on each of those things. So it, it you know, is kind of informative by, you know, just by natural uh, natural consequence, but it was always intended to be just have fun and and hopefully provide that fun so the listeners who are you know in their cars or, or doing whatever can you know feel like they're a part of that experience and feel like they've got a community uh, as they're playing the game. So that was kind of at least my original intention with the podcast and why I chose the podcast format. And uh, where do floating magic babies come from? <laughs> That is a they question you have to ask the game and whoever's, fever, and whoever's fever dream mind this whole season came out of. So listen, do we I have really like floating magic characters in FFB? Could we goodness. You know, try to figure out whose baby it is? Terra's? Soul floats? Soul? Terra and I souls? Mean, it is also a go. very powerful magical baby. Hmm. There you go. There's your fanfic, Boris. <laughs> it is also now an onion knight. <laughs> All right, I guess one final one. Uh, what would actually make you guys quit? Oh, quit the I'm... game or quit the podcast? Uh, yeah. The game. Uh, I don't know. I've I've been on I've been on the edge since Envy came out. To be honest, so I don't know how much I I, I know would what cause would make Hazard quit. CG Marchy. No, actually, I think that would be kind of cool. Too. Um, because he is I just think... that desperate. Okay, well, this is the sound of a desperate man. No, no, no because <laughs> I I think. I think it's that like all you know term. FFBs that haven't been mm-hmm. represented yet should have representation, and Mont Blanc would be really cool to have as a character in Ritz. What, what if they said that this was representation for all of the tactics games, and that there wasn't going to be another one? Once again, I would add it to my lawsuit for a direct, you know, direct assault <laughs> on my person. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, I think the game will die someday, or my interest will die in the game someday. But um, I think that the podcast actually has helped keep me more mm-hmm. focused and keep me more motivated to keep playing when I, I might not have uh, done so for, for this long. So I think as long as the podcast is interesting and as long as the drama around the game is at least as interesting as the game, I think we'll probably continue. Wait, when has the podcast ever been interesting? Okay. I know, right? Also, Hazard, are you saying that like... <laughs> yeah, but Hazard, you better make sure you don't quit. If Hazard quits a game, we're going to kick yeah, him off also, the podcast. Like, Hazard, are you saying you're going to quit the game yeah. when Gumi cleans up their act? <laughs> no, that's never going to happen. So so the shit show they put on every week is part of the reason why I'm still interested. I'm like, what are they going to do now? I, I honestly, I love the, the dumpster fire they make. This whole and gill now, snapper drama from last <laughs> week. The million dollar question now is, do you think like, they know? I don't know. That's kind of the fun about it. Is I, is Do they, they realize how dumb they are? I don't know. They have to be secret masochists at this point because they could do so many good things. Like they'll just drop like you know a, a update to the trust coin shop and then not say anything about it. It's like, well, why the, the, the 
why don't they say, hey, you know what we're going to do? That's going to be really cool next update. And then they do it. So they're like, oh, yeah, we just did that for you, but whatever. We're not going to say anything. It's funny. They, 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 they don't announce they, the bad things and they don't announce the good things. They're just, <laughs> it's just non-communicative. I feel like that's a sound of a, an understaffed team. Just just from like looking at oh, yeah. the outside. It, it, oh, it, it just looks like an understaffed team. That's all it is. Well, we know they are. But anyways, you know, to answer your question, I have no idea. And what would make us quit? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea what would make us quit. But we should probably quit this episode. Um, so we wanted to thank. Yeah, we wanted I'm to thank Tamina for coming on today again. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll do another one in the future with you. We're, we're always Anytime looking for more Anytime you're guests. desperate, I'll be your booty call. Yeah, we... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've already got Sinzar on speed dial. But it's okay. If Sinzar says no, you're our second, you're our second choice. Oh. seconds. Wow. All right. <laughs> Have a great day, everyone. Talk to you later. See ya. Good night.